Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. message title for today and it is stop complaining and start compassioning stop complaining and start compassioning you know when I wrote out compassioning usually if it's spelled wrong they put a, a red line under it it must be a word because it didn't have the red line under it I don't know um, seemed like not a word to me but it must be so if you have a bulletin insert and you can uh, take a peek up here at what I wrote to begin our message. We're going to take a look in our study through the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 1 through 10 today. But this is what I wrote to introduce our message. Jews stayed away from Gentiles. They would not eat with them. They would not touch them. When they left a Gentile area, they would shake the dust off their garments and out of their sandals so they wouldn't bring any polluted dirt back to the Holy Land. Now you got some problems there. With this in mind, the disciples wondered if Jesus would feed the hungry Gentiles like he did the Jews. And if you remember a couple weeks ago, Jesus is spending time with his disciples now not too far in advance of the cross so that he can train them, if you will, to do what he's called them to do by going into all the world with the Great Commission. So Jesus is teaching his disciples that the Great Commission is to include even those the disciples had been trained to despise. And so like I said a couple of weeks ago, we took a compassion survey and men, I had you share your compassion survey, how well you did with your wife, because uh, they would probably tell you the truth, that you're not quite as compassionate as you think you are. And then ladies, I didn't say to pass that on to your husbands, because they wouldn't be able to figure it out, I don't think. But uh, the idea was that, you know, are we compassionate? Are we a compassionate people? And so we're going to pick up kind of that topic again. So if you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 8, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 10 together. We have been slowly going through the book of Mark. And Mark begins his whole book by saying that he wants people to understand who Jesus is. The beginning, this is Mark 1.1, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so all of his gospel is explaining to the people that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So this is a story here. We have just a few weeks ago talked about feeding of the 5,000. This is a different story, feeding of the 4,000. And this is what it says, Mark 8, verse 1. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, and this is an interesting uh, answer here, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Now, somebody in our men's group said that we could call these 12 the 
Duh, disciples. All right? Because, hey, they had just been with Jesus and had just seen him feed 5,000 people, and yet uh, they are saying, hey, where are we going to get any food to feed these people in this remote place? And Jesus says again in verse 5, How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And so they did. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. In other words, they had seconds and maybe even thirds. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Does anybody remember how many basketfuls from the feeding of the 5,000? Twelve. Twelve. So this is different. Seven. The feeding of the 5,000, too, was more like a lunch pail type. It wasn't, you know, a huge basket. The word here in the Greek is a humongous basketful. So the disciples had basically lunch for the next day. The 12 disciples had 12 basically lunch baskets full of bread for the next day and fish. This time he has seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men... So remember it was 5,000 men before and we figured with women and children it could have been up to 20,000, 25,000 people that Jesus fed the first time. About 4,000 men were present so there could have been 15, 20,000 at least this time. And having sent them away he got into a boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. All right, so that is our reading of God's word. Let's look at point number one together. Jesus said, I have compassion for these people. I have compassion for this, th these people. This is the only place in all the four Gospels where Jesus in first person singular says, I have compassion. And to top it off, it was to this group now of Gentiles that he said this. And remember we said that Jews and Gentiles really did not get along all that well. Jesus says, I have compassion. Now we know that Jesus acted compassionately throughout his ministry. In fact, compassion is an attribute of God. God is loving, God is holy, God is unchanging, God is omnipresent everywhere at the same time, God is omniscient, he knows everything, God is just, and another attribute of God is that he is compassionate. Psalm 111 verse 4 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Micah 7.19 says, You will again have compassion on us and tread our sins underfoot. Exodus 33.19 and then again in Romans 9.15, the Lord says, I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And then one that you're familiar with, I don't know that you know where it's found, but you're familiar with it, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23, Lamentations is a book describing the lament of the people after their city was destroyed. And right smack dab in their uh, lament is this verse. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. 
Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. And then a song you're very familiar with, Great is Your Faithfulness. The word compassion from the Latin means to suffer with. To suffer with. And in the Greek, it means an inside desire to help somebody. Like, like deep inside, from your guts almost. And here is Jesus, and he's compassionate about the people's hunger. I mean, I think that's interesting. Seems like he should be compassionate about a whole bunch of other things, but he's compassionate because they are hungry. At the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus is compassionate. It says that because the Jews are like sheep without a shepherd. And so at that time, he feeds them by teaching them. And then he feeds them uh, physically as well. Here he is compassionate. It just basically says because they are hungry. And so he feeds them. And he says in our text, hey, these guys have been around me, following me, and listening to my teaching, and being with me for three days. They've been sleeping on the ground, probably. Uh, they have brought their sick, and I have healed them. And this whole time, they haven't had anything to eat. Now, I don't know about you, but going three days without eating, not not too excited about doing. I remember one time and one time only the Lord I heard him specifically say that he wanted me to fast for seven days and uh, in my heart I said no way Jose <laughs> but well in my mind I said no way Jose but in my heart I said okay and I did it and uh, it was for a specific reason but that's about the only time I've ever gone a day without my three squares. Uh, these people have been with Jesus now for three days and they haven't eaten anything, it says, and so the Lord has compassion on them. Now, I want to talk a little bit about compassion and maybe some similes, some words that are similar to compassion. And the first one is sympathy. If you look up the word compassion, a lot of these other words will uh, show up as well. So sympathy... Uh, feel, if you are sympathetic, you will have feelings of sorrow for one's misfortune. So you have, you have, uh, you're, you're sorrowful for one's misfortune. But compassion, the way I want us to look at it, is deeper than that. Empathy is the next word. It's an understanding and sharing the feelings of another. So if you have empathy, you understand and share the feelings of another. And, and another word there, understanding, there is an awareness and a concern for the needs of another. An awareness and a concern. There's a kindness. These all words are similes. They go along with compassionate. A kindness. Kindness, friendly, generous, and considerate. But I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of suffer with. Suffer with. The Latin for compassion. Suffer with. And in your notes there, I have this statement. And I think this is a good statement for Christian compassion. And it's this. Another's suffering becomes your suffering compelling you to do something. <laughs> 
All right, that's, that's what I really want us to get across here. You might have sympathy, you might have empathy, you might have understanding, you might have kindness, but are you compelled to do something with your compassion or is it just kind of a head knowledge? This past week my friend Adam, I don't know, is he in here? He's in the other room. Adam uh, texted me. I brought my phone, but I'm not going to take the time to look it up. Texted me that he was overwhelmed. He had a wedding. They're selling their house. They're going to be moving. He's just had a whole lot going. And you know what my text back to him was? I bet. So sorry. And that was it. Now, I thought about that in relation to this idea of compassion. And I had sympathy for him. I had empathy for him. I had understanding for him. I had even kindness for him. But did I suffer with him? Something that I think I could have better said was, I am so sorry. And you already know what I'm going to say. Can I come to your house and help you with anything that you are overwhelmed with? All right, now that would be a compassionate response. And I didn't have that. And so this lesson on compassion is as much for me as it is for you. Because sometimes in our busyness of life, we have... Sympathy, empathy, understanding, kindness, but we don't have so much so that it compels us to do something. Now, I do think, as I shared with you, the disciples' response is pretty funny here. Uh, they had just gotten through seeing, a few months prior, the feeding of the 5,000. And so his disciples said in uh, verse 4, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? As I said, I don't think they would easily forget that miracle. The question, and this is what I read in a lot of the commentaries this past week, is more about purpose than it is about process. More about purpose than process. What these disciples are really wondering is, Jesus, are you going to feed these Gentiles the way you fed the Jews? These are heathen. These are outside the covenant. These are strangers. These dirty, no good Gentiles. Are you going to feed them? I mean, where, where can we get enough bread to, to feed them? Are you going to feed them? And Jesus says, point blank, yeah, yes going to feed them too because I need to teach you a lesson like I did with that woman whose son was or uh, yeah whose son no daughter was possessed a few weeks ago that even though she was a Gentile I would heal her daughter as well and disciples duh, disciples in a few months I'm going to die on a cross and then I'm going to give you a great commission to go into all the world and that includes Gentiles so you're going to see me now be kind and compassionate to Gentiles because because in a few months you're going to have to be as well. And so I started thinking about the world that we currently live in. Do you think that Jesus would be filled with compassion for Black Lives Matter?
Do you think Jesus would be filled with compassion for the rioters in Minneapolis, Portland, and Seattle? Do you think that Jesus would be compassionate for Joe Biden supporters? <laughs> Do you think Jesus would be compassionate for Donald Trump supporters? <laughs> Do you think Jesus would be passionate for the Taliban? Do you think Jesus has compassion for Kim Jong-un? Now, I don't think that he would not address their needs, their spiritual needs, along with his compassion, but I have to believe that Jesus would be compassionate to these groups. And some of these groups are kind of out of line with what we would view the need to be compassionate with. But I think that if you say no, that Jesus wouldn't be compassionate with these people that are outside our sphere, then I'm not so sure that you and I are reading the same Bible. Jesus' compassion extended to the leper. Jesus' compassion extended to the tax collector. And it's funny, in that uh, movie, those movies, uh, The Chosen... Uh, Matthew is a tax collector. I don't know if any of you have seen these movies, but Matthew is a tax collector. And the Jews, <laughs> they can't stand him. And there's a spot in there where Jesus calls Matthew to come follow him. And Peter goes ballistic. Peter goes ballistic. No! No way can we have this guy who's a tax collector who steals our money. No way can he be a follower of Christ. It's a great, it's a great uh, spot there. Uh, Vicki and I watch these together and actually we don't binge watch anything but I think I've shared with some of you it was about one o'clock in the morning and we said boy we, we probably better stop uh, I think we'd watched four or five of them and uh, they're very very good they're very good and I laughed especially as it relates to Mark you know some of the things we're going through in Mark has have to do with this uh, video series but Jesus was compassionate to Matthew, the tax collector. He was compassionate to Mary Magdalene, the prostitute, the demon-possessed. He was compassionate to the Samaritan woman. And he's even, I think interestingly enough here, even compassionate when 4,000 plus people are hungry. And so... If we call ourselves Christ followers, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as we talked about compassion, if we call ourselves Christ followers, then we also need to be compassionate toward these people as well. So I have another question there. How does your compassion play out? Another suffering becomes your suffering compelling you to do something. How does your compassion play out in your home, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your state, in your nation, in your world? I mean, that goes from the very minimal in our home. And maybe for you college students, you could say my dorm room. How does my compassion play out in my home, my neighborhood, my dorm room, my community, my state, my nation, my world? How do you show compassion to people you struggle with? And that's a good question. 
How do we show compassion to people we struggle with? How do we show compassion to people we disagree with? How do we show compassion to people we dislike, we just can't get along with? This is an interesting one here. How do we show compassion for, for people who hold a completely different political view than we do? Or are a different color? Or have an, a, a different agenda? Those are some interesting ideas. When you have compassion like Jesus has, you suffer along with the person that is suffering, compelling you to do something. So I was thinking about this this week. What might you do? What might you do? Your compassion is compelling you to do something. What might you do? Well, a few things. You could educate yourself on somebody else's viewpoint. You could do some research on the computer. I did this. I looked up Black Lives Matter and I found what they believe in. And I don't necessarily believe in most of what they talk about on the computer, you know, as far as their goals and their ideas. But nonetheless, I found out, you know, what they do believe in. And I can begin, as the next point I put down, pray for them. I could also, if possible, in, in our world it's a little difficult these days, but I could have a friendly conversation with someone who has an opposite view, as I do. I could also, if I wanted to, give time and or money to a cause that I support. But here's the thing I think we could really agree on right now, is we could ask God for wisdom on how to increase our compassion quota. How to increase our compassion quota. So if you are taking notes, you can look that we have another point here, point number two. The supreme compassion of Jesus is displayed on the cross. The supreme compassion of Jesus is displayed on the cross. And I have this point because in a moment here we're going to move to a time of communion. My favorite verse is Romans 5.8. And that verse says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ in all of his compassion died for us. While we were still sinners, deserving the righteous wrath of God poured out eternally on every one of us. While we were still sinners, Christ died compassionately for us providing peace with him for eternity. I mean man talk about a display of compassion and it was displayed for us sinners while we were still sinners deserving the righteous wrath of God poured out eternally on every one of us Christ died for us compassionately providing peace with him now and through eternity. And so on your notes there I ask you a question. Have you received his compassionate gift? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you invited him into your heart? 
And if you haven't, today is the day. The Bible says today is the day to make Jesus your Savior and Lord. If you do know Jesus, which I assume most of us in this building do, if you do know Jesus as your Savior, are you a compassionate Christ follower? Do you allow another's suffering to become your suffering, compelling you to do something? Compelling you to do something. Something to think about from his word today. And hey, it compelled Jesus to take some fish and bread and multiply it and feed the crowds. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is really practical, especially in the world that we live in. We tend not to be very compassionate to each other these days, especially with people that have a different view than we do. I'm not so sure that that's what being a Christ follower is all about. Of course we can disagree with them. And probably most of the time we should. But that shouldn't stop us from praying for our, our friend or family member. It shouldn't stop us from trying to be an encouragement and trying to serve their needs because that's what you would do. That's what you did when you died on a cross. Lord, in a moment we're going to pass out two cups and they're together. One cup has red grape juice in it and one cup has a piece of bread in it. And that is how you have chosen for us to remember your death. The bread symbolic of your body that was given for us. The red grape juice symbolic of your blood that was shed for us. As the Old Testament says, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And so Jesus, you became the perfect sacrifice that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest gift of compassion we know. And so, Lord, as we take these and remember, we pray, Lord, that we would tune ourselves in to what you would have us to do in the world that we currently live in. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.